Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 87, representing for uh, Pat's generation. <laughs> uh, hope we find you in a moment of tranquility and joy. As always, thank you all for listening. I am glad you are here. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and this is De Colores Radio. Last episode, we were able to bring in another one of San Antonio's most brilliant minds, Denise Hernandez. I must say this was probably one of my favorite episodes of this year. Um, together, we were able to share some of the trials and triumphs of this community work, and I've really admired her dedication to not only her community, but herself. Uh, please remember, if you want to see the full, raw, unedited video version of any of our 2021 episodes, you can subscribe and get exclusive BTS content at patreon.com slash thecoloresco. Um, that is for as little as $3 a month. We are pleased to have been a community-driven platform from the jump by making everything we do free or accessible in general. So this helps us to become a sustainable platform, which is, of course, the goal. I should preface this episode by saying that this is our last one before we go on a little break. Uh, we've been going nonstop since like April, May. And as much as I love doing this and talking to people, I know I'm drained. I know my team is drained. Um, and it's definitely starting to catch up to us. So we're going to hope uh, to make this one extra legendary for you all. Uh, that means I can bring in everyone's fave New Mexican, Pat. Where are you at? Pat the Gat. Hello. Do you like that? Can I call you a new Mexican? Or it's not I time mean, yet? I guess I, it just sounds like I'm like a renewed Mexican. It makes me feel kind of nationalist. So I don't know. Oh, I'm Lord. You're a new Mexican. I, I'm sorry to break it to you. Okay. I guess so. I don't know. What Damn, you're not happy. <laughs> because, you know, people typically are like, um, you haven't been here long enough to like claim your city, your town, or place. So I don't well, know how other new Mexicans will feel, but sure, we'll take it. Well, I don't even know if we have new Mexican listeners, but if we do, shout out to y'all. Um, we all do, okay? I, I've, I've had people tell me, sources say that they sources. listen to Luna Luna and other things. Oh my God. All right. Well, but, shout uh, out to the new Mexicans, the old Mexicans, and the in-between Mexicans. <laughs> uh, Pat, I think that means it's time for <laughs> our meme mood so we can describe how we're feeling and 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 get into it i want to give you our listeners an insight into our personal energy into how we are feeling right now into the reality of our existence this is what i consider the modern day diary that's right we're translating our feelings in the best way we know how memes it's time for meme mood go pat all right so i originally because like i've been getting a lot of michael myers same it's a little bit oversaturated it's in the almost market. now like annoying like, oh this is y'all's brand but not all of them are good so i couldn't find like the specific <laughs> ones that i like so i'm gonna go with another meme that i came across that i was like felt like it was relevant now that we are out of mercury retrograde um and now it's an aries full moon don't know if that affects we sound like such witch bitches right now 
we're not witch bitches, but you know, I mean, I'm maybe we with, are. We're like a little. We're like partial. I wouldn't say we're full on witches. Me Speak wearing a for yourself. Shirt. Well, yeah, like, like a skeleton shirt. Shout out to Fabi Fab. Go on, <laughs> um, go on. So my meme mood is um, it's a meme that just that I came across the other day, and I was like, you know what? I think this is how I'm feeling because. Mercury retrograde was a little chaotic. Like I was struggling, uh, trying to get back home and traveling and just things kept happening. Um, So my image of the meme that I'm going to (laughs) describe to everyone is there's a girl actually crying and she's holding onto her hamster and using it as a tissue, which like, I would never do this to an animal because you know, I love animals, but I felt like this is pretty relatable. Like, wow, we did it. We're here. Um, Cause I just watched lamb too. So now I'm like, I love all the animals. Um, But yeah, so that's my meme mood is this little (coughs) hamster being used as a tissue um, because we survived retrograde and all the other bullshit. But who knows? There might be other stuff coming up. Well, uh, that made me a little bit sad, um, (laughs) but I also feel it. But I'm going to pretend I don't. Um, I understand and I'm glad that you're feeling better, I think. Um, Mine is probably something similar, but mostly just because I'm burnt out a little so mine is a fucking chihuahua that just has a face and a lot of costumes. They look like they're over it, but they're yes, here. they're kind of over it. Are you gonna play it? Yeah. It's also playing Frank Ocean in the back, so I guess that's the vibe. <laughs> I like the little Daisy one. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. He looks exhausted, but still iconic, and I think no that's how I feel. Charms. It's like they got the Davy Crockett hat and everything. Yeah, for like, real. Right. They're like a Texan chihuahua. Like they just been co- collecting all these hats for the stuff. Absolutely. So it's a really cute little video, and I was feeling that when I saw it because he is exhausted but cute, and he's just doing his best. So um, that means we have our meme moods, um, and we're ready to hit the road. Uh, since we are taking a little break before the new year, uh, we decided it was only right for us to bring in some of Dallas's own legends. Um, these are young cats, I believe, are really paving the way, making their own lane, and absolutely killing it. I also find them to be some of the best people on Twitter in the Dallas region. I don't know. I feel like it, the, the Twitter world would be a lot less exciting without them, but uh, specifically for the juice, we are excited to be bringing in um, a a great creative who goes by on Twitter as Hollywood Roof, um, but is named Roger. And so I'm very excited to be bringing in the one and only um, Hollywood Roof to the juice with us today. So this is the juice where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Welcome to the show, Roger. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm actually a New Mexican-based filmmaker, but, you know, I... Shut up. I feel so confused. Not you. You better call Saul. (laughs) The one thing that's taking production there. (laughs) Look, watch you claim New Mexico before Pat does. I just might, honestly. I've been there. They, They have great vibes there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed. That's that's enough. I just don't know how to feel about the Mexican food here yet. So that's I'm like, uh, mm, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Texas Mexican food and then California are the only real places where you can eat it and enjoy. Everywhere yeah, else, I'm you're sure. just you're spoiled because you live in that's Texas for so yeah, long. Yeah, no, like, I had friends this? in New York that tried to tell me they had good tacos. And no. I was like, <laughs> 
But also, like, California and Texas constantly fights about the Mexican food, so I don't know Mm -hmm. how we're actually winning, because there's no... But it's, like, a different style, you know? It's, like, if you want Tex-Mex, right, we do it best. But if you're going for that kind of California style, I don't don't know what they consider their style, but I've had some crazy good food there. There's this place, it's called, like, Carnitas de Michoacan. Okay, okay, Mr. Roger. (laughs) I know, uh... But no, it's like a 24-hour Mexican food spot. I think it's in East Los Angeles, but it's so good. I went there and got a burrito. I was just like, wow, like this (laughs) this is amazing. Well, shout out to Carnitas from Michoacan, because that is literally where our family's from. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I was like, ooh, he knows a little flavor. Um, Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into some of these juice topics. I know you are not originally from Texas, correct? Right. Uh, so I, I moved here in the middle of eighth grade, but I've, I've moved around a little bit because my my dad, uh, sadly, he was in the military and then he was like a salesman. So I've like lived in different places like North Carolina, Arizona, kind of just uh, um, okay. all over the South. So but I do I, I'd consider myself a Texan at this point because I've been here for so long. We'll and let you have it. You can yeah, be I, Texan. I'm a true Texan now. <laughs> Do you, I know some people that are like grow up military fans consider, mm-hmm. I know my other like homegirl would be like, oh, I'm a military brat. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> Do y'all uh, consider yourselves that? It it truly depends. Like it depends on who I'm talking to. Like sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm a military brat if I want to sound interesting. <laughs> but sometimes I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from Texas, but no, it, it truly depends. Cause I was born on a military base in South Korea. And oh, then wow. I came here like almost immediately, like at, at like six weeks old. So I, I'm not even like, oh, yeah, I know what Korea is like. It's yeah, no, like, you're I like, I say that as like a, you know, a bar story. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, I was born in Korea. You're but, like, I'm a New Mexican <laughs> that was born in South Korea. Exactly. Like, All right. And they're just like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Cultured. <laughs> right. Um, oh, my but God. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a filmmaker. I do music videos, short films, commercial work whatever kind of comes down the pipeline for me um and you know hopefully it pays but yeah that's that's kind of my thing Um, and you're working on a new short film is that correct yes uh we've shot 60 percent of it and now we're just prepping the last bit which is supposed to be like documentary format uh the other portion we shot that on Caddo Lake in East Texas I'd never been there before I was like you know my why not give it a try but yeah we're we're almost done with that and then I have like a few music videos kind of queuing up. But. Yeah, in the works. Well, great. I always love seeing your work. I love, uh, really, the funny thing is, is that we both went to school together and I like feel mm-hmm. like I saw you around, but I didn't know you. Right. And then I like found you on Twitter and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that person. And then we ended up becoming like Twitter homies and now like real life friends. So it's like, yeah, like the first of- time I met you. I think was it at the it was a Luna Luna show. Oh yeah, Club. yeah. That oh was gosh. that was the first time I met you, and the first time I met quite a few like of the Twitter people yeah. in Dallas. So I was like, oh yeah, I know you. Like kinda. it was actually just a Twitter link up. It was not a show. A hundred percent. We were just all there to meet each other IRL. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we're going to jump into these juice topics because there is a lot to get through. Um, But we were speaking of military. So I'm going to start with this one first. And I shouldn't be laughing. (laughs) 
Um, I know I'm probably going to hell and maybe <laughs> so is he I don't know uh, that's horrible uh, no is it mm. no <laughs> Ooh, thank god I'm not drinking there, but yeah. I know okay so one Colin Powell uh, passed away apparently due to COVID-19 comp- complications um, and so of course some people are like that's why you shouldn't get the vaccine <laughs> But people are like, no, that's why you should get the vaccine because he would have probably died a way more tragic death <laughs> if he hadn't. Um, but then the thing that happens, and I think we've seen this a million times, is that after basically anyone with fame, power, or wealth dies, is that like they're wiped clean of any harm they ever did in America and the world. Um, and so it's just really interesting because I'm like, I know my sister or my mom or someone was like, oh, did you hear me? Huh? Like, Colin Powell died, and I was like, I feel nothing. Yeah, and I think it was your mom, because our mom. Yeah, was it probably a was fan, my mom. And she was not like a fan, but she was like, you know, she's like, oh, he carries himself so mm-hmm. stoically. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, if anybody is like connected to the Bush administration, you are a demon. Like, how are we going to pretend none of these things happened? Right? This is the worst, longest war we've ever had. And then, so my mom's very Catholic, and I was like you know god doesn't like war and she was like yeah you're right and i was like i was like so yeah i was like so maybe that wasn't he wasn't that good a person and she was like yeah that's probably true and i you know so that's how i steered it but it's very interesting because it's like i'm I'm sure that's gonna happen and then i don't know if jesse's around but i even saw her tweet uh the thing out of that apparently trump said something that was like he's he was terrible anyways rest in peace it didn't sound like a, i thought it was a fake tweet no it, it sounds like trump crazy. it absolutely sounds like trump to me so um anyways do you have any thoughts on this sir yeah it's funny because i literally i was like i decided i'm not going to tweet about that <laughs> <laughs> I, I made like a conscious effort but no and here i am but no, <laughs> but no uh the funny thing is especially in the black community right Colin Powell, he was before Obama. So for us, it was like, oh, wow, look at this guy that kind of like rose right. through the ranks and carried right. himself with dignity. But obviously, war criminal, Republican right. administration. But as a kid, right, we all, well, maybe military brats or black kids, I don't know who, but we we like kind of looked up to Colin Powell. And mm. then whenever he lied about the weapons of mass destruction, kind of the excuse that was given to us by our parents and stuff is that, oh, he was kind of coerced to do this. Like he's a part of this administration and people are giving him the wrong intel. Um, Mm. And then as an adult, right, you learn even more where it's like he covered up a massacre in Vietnam. And you're just like, oh, like he was actually like a bad dude. Yeah, (laughs) and and did a lot of damage in Latin America. Like this guy uh had a record of it. Yeah, and it's, it's really bizarre because, you know, I was one of those kids that like I had to do like a, I think it was like a PowerPoint presentation of course. on like, you know, some political figures. And obviously I chose Colin Powell. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then, you know, seeing as you get older, just seeing like how actually messed up it was. Um, and I think that liberals, especially, I, mm. I don't think I consider myself a liberal. I think I'm classified Same. as like a leftist, but Same. you see liberals <laughs> where they're just like, they have this Western kind of uh, perspective on everything. So they're just right. like, oh yeah, Colin Powell made a mistake. But, you know, if you ask, like, you know, Arabs in Iraq, it's like, you know, millions of people died. Um, There's birth defects and everything. So Mm. when you look at it from a perspective, when you're not a part of, like, the American empire, you're like, that dude is horrible. Like, fuck him. Like, I'm glad he's in hell. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's like a weird <laughs> dichotomy. Like as an American, you're just like, you know, he made mistakes, you know? <laughs> he right, was, he was right. Like, it's okay. No biggie. Uh-huh. But I think as Americans, we have to look outside ourselves and see like, oh, he did a lot of damage. And especially Absolutely. in you know, you're talking about Latin America and it's like, yeah, we have black people there too. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, we were, you know, directly impacted by his policies and whatever he was doing. Right. And I think that's what we have to separate. Like, yeah. You know, if you're going to look at identity politics, he was like the first guy that was really showed promise. Like before Obama is like, you know, Oh yeah. Colin Powell should run for president, even though he's Republican. Right. I, remember back then that. It was I remember like, that. Yeah. Everyone's just like, Oh yeah. You know, he's Republican, but like, you know, he's our guy you know what I yeah. mean yeah um, him, him and Condoleezza were like exciting but, because uh-huh. they were they were the black <laughs> figures in the Republican <laughs> party and then of course they happen to be a part of like one of the worst administrations ever which is right. just it's embarrassing but you know it is it's are. super <laughs> interesting I know I saw another um and this is the last thing I'll say on him but I think it was like Kwame Turi who was uh you know formerly known as Stokely Carmichael it said he said something like why is Colin Powell out here trying to recruit black people into the military so that they mm-hmm. can go kill people go in go kill innocent people beyond our beyond our borders and I was like oop like right? you know <laughs> and that was like in 95 right like mm-hmm. this is a long time ago so yeah, I definitely, I think to me, the fascinating thing is just like when someone passes away, like all sins are forgiven and they just immediately become a saint. And I'm like, that's yeah. not what y'all's Christian way taught us. But, yeah. you know, what do I know? Yeah. Um, I, do I understand that like someone dying is sad regardless? Sure. And I'm like, we can't just absolve them of their sins. I don't know. Maybe some people can if they're God. I don't know. But either way, I definitely think we should still consider a critical eye when these people pass because they had power and this is what they did with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that said, I guess we'll, (laughs) this is terrible. I'm like, wow, I'm just now realizing we're going from like one problematic uh, black man to another. Um, (laughs) That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not. Oh Oh, God. Oh Jesus. Okay. Well, uh, this one, I, I would say this one stings differently. Um, but I'm also kind of over it because this is not new shit and he just keeps, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it shows me a lot. And we've talked about it a few times here about like this concept of like cancel culture at large. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave Chappelle and Netflix have been getting a lot of pushback because of a recent uh, stand-up routine. I mean, not stand-up routine, stand-up special he had. Um, that just came out where he continues to be aggressively transphobic. Um, I cannot say I'm surprised. I know he had a contract with them for like millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are still major fans and, uh, I know a lot of most of America and the world is still deeply transphobic. So like none of this surprises me. Um, I think to me, the part that is most unfortunate is that like, you know, a lot of us, I guess, black and brown folk or, 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 or you know, non-Anglo folks were like, grew up idolizing this man, right? Because he was telling the truth in a way that was humorous, which is often how we cope, right? And mm-hmm. he was he was really fun and edgy in the early 2000s and talking about race and talking about culture and talking about these different things, Um which is, I think, what people still look for, right? Discussing what is uncomfortable or unknown to folks. Um, But I think the thing that I find most disturbing is that he has also communicated with some of the trans fans of his, and one of them even ended up 
you know, and I guess trigger warning, but one of them ended up killing themselves after the last special. And that to me is like, bro, if you are still digging into this shit, you need help. Like you need literal help because you just, at this point, you're just poking the beast because you know, it's fun and you're getting paid for it and it's making your name bigger. And then the rest of the masses that are also, I would say transphobic, transphobic people are basically like, Oh, it's 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 just y'all trying to do cancel people again. Y'all are just trying to cancel people. And I'm like, no, we're literally just looking for you to stop harming people because we don't we can grow from that in comedy specifically. Um, and so now, of course, Netflix, there's been walkouts from the employees. Now people are literally um, boycotting it with reason. Um, so it's just been really, I think, kind of sad to see. And to me, it takes away from his legendary status that I once held him at because mm-hmm. now I just don't even care to support him at all. And I feel like a really disgusting taste in my mouth. And I literally have like all his old DVDs in my room, you know? Whew. Yeah. So that I mean, like lot. what he's been saying transphobic stuff since like one of the first, cause I think this is like his third special now. Yeah. And they've been trying to tell him stuff for that long. And it's still just kind of like, eh, no, I'm just going to keep going with it. Um, yeah. So it's very unfortunate. It is. It is annoying and frustrating. And I'm like, and then just seeing how people react, I'm like, oh, God, we're so behind. (laughs) Um, Because you really would think, you know, people talk like they want to be allies in this and that. But um, it seems like people prefer to comfortably be transphobic, you know, like we just don't understand gender as a culture. And we just think of all the binaries and we just want to stick to them. And I think because masculinity is being challenged, it's also um, just not preferred, I guess. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts in this area. I mean, I feel like you guys have said it all, but to add to it, you know, I think as, you know, a straight cisgendered person um, and there's, you know, there's enough, you know, where they're using kind of like transphobic language. And I feel like some of that population, like, they don't realize how that kind of translates to violence towards the trans mm-hmm. community. And right. for Dave Chappelle to have it, cause I didn't realize that he had communicated with someone that then committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So it's like for him to have kind of like that firsthand experience where it's like, Oh wait, like my words actually do matter. Right. I think it really is pretty Disturbing. weird. Yeah, yeah. To continue to do that where it's like, as a, as a cis person, it's like you realize, Oh wait, like certain transphobic language actually leads to violence, like on a, like a disgusting scale. So, you know, let me kind of relearn, rethink, kind of figure out, you know, where, where we are in society and kind of fix that. And then Dave, you know, I think he's really just lost his edge because Mm -hmm. like you guys were saying, um, you know, growing up, he talked about race and, you know, socioeconomic status and whatnot. But I think he's finally like found something where he just, he's not tapped into the culture. I don't think like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he grew up, I, I don't know where he grew up, but whatever he, he's old. Right. So he's yeah. experienced some adversity. <laughs> he's an old like head for sure. Man. I feel like he's from like Cincinnati or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So like he's experienced his fair share of racism, but it's like, that's where he shines. Cause he's experienced that firsthand, but for him to like, not know the trans experience and then to think that he can like tap into that for like comedic effect. I just don't think that it's effective. Like, even if you are a person that's like, you know, who cares? Like, you know, you don't understand gender and any of that. You're just like, uh, I still want to hear these jokes. Like, they're actually not funny. Like, even if you were going to like, you know, open your mind and watch a special, like the trans jokes aren't funny. Um, And it's just like, what do you, 
you know, where do you go from there? I feel like if you, if you don't come from, you know, that kind of level of understanding, if you don't know uh, the politics of that intimately, or if you're not trans yourself, like why bother? Like Absolutely. you don't, you don't have to have an opinion on it. Like, you know, yeah, it's really, it's really that simple. You would think. Right. But I think mm-hmm. again, especially in comedy, right. Because a lot of these old heads are so used to like cashing out on this, like mockery. Mm-hmm. Um, the value. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which I understand, but there's still ways to have shock value and not be like potentially harming other people, right? Because the most vulnerable people are, Mm. you know, especially black trans women, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like when you know that and then this is how you're behaving, it's just really disheartening. And so I know a lot of people are very, very, very pressed and they're saying like, oh, Dave Chappelle has freedom of speech, da 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 Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure, that's fine. But why is Netflix presenting, pre- pretending to be an ally or pretending to be advancing, um, you know, progressively as a company? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they have point- like they have like what a queer tr- uh, social media platform, a black one, right? And yeah. even <laughs> and even and that so platform. But mm-hmm. even that platform was posting today, like we're walking out today mm-hmm. too. Like they were posting from those accounts. Uh-huh. So it's just, I, I am curious as to how this is going to, um, I guess, evolve in the next few weeks because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it happen at this level where it's like company level, you know, walkouts mm-hmm. um, for something like this. And it is deeply important because I don't know. I think to me, we're still going to keep having these high crime murder rates unless we start to be, um, holding people accountable and just because someone is saying hey stop harming people or stop creating content that is harmful mm-hmm. um, does not mean you're canceling someone we still see a lot of people with careers that that quote-unquote got canceled Kanye's been canceled 15 times and he's still set, <laughs> selling out arenas so like mm-hmm. I don't know what y'all really want from this quote-unquote cancel culture thing but it's mm-hmm. not actually happening so <sighs> that is that has I haven't even t- that's one I didn't tweet about not because mm-hmm. I was like since I guess I am a little sensitive because he was like an idol of mine growing up but now I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm fucking over you <laughs> like you're yeah. irritating me like shut <laughs> up you're mm-hmm. losing your you're you're losing your status in my opinion mm-hmm. um well I was gonna talk about one thing but I'm gonna maybe do it briefly apparently um teen girls are developing ticks from tiktok um, when I first read this headline, I thought of animal ticks, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Same. But I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> but it was actually like a little headline about like Tourette's and like how people were watching so much like TikTok stuff with people from like you know the I guess Tourette's community or like you know people with Tourette's that they were starting to develop the ticks themselves, and I thought that was um, very telling. <laughs> Of, like, how addicted we are to, like, internet culture and how easily, I guess, influenced we are. I don't know. So that's one of the, like, headlines I was going to skip over. It sounds like I'm okay to skip over it, but I yeah. did think that was interesting. <laughs> Y'all are it both, is like... interesting. I Really, but it just like, proves my point that, like, media... How... Go ahead. No, you can... Oh, I was going to say, it just makes me think of, like, social media and how it's evolved, because, I mean, like... Even like AIM when it first started was considered like a dangerous thing and like kids are getting kidnapped and stuff. And now it's like now we're at TikTok where people are are consuming media so much and now it's like automatically like ingrained into their mindset and how they function. Because I'm sure there's probably girls dancing as well or doing dance routines or consuming it. Oh, yeah, that's a known. That's a given (laughs) for sure. 
Um, well, then we'll move on to uh, another. Well, I still think this is shocking. I talked about it last episode. I'm gonna do it again now. The Dallas Cowboys are five and one, and I really don't know. I can't. I can't make fun anymore because they're actually winning. Are you a sports person? Me? Yes. Yeah, I I'm a pretty big sports person. Like I, I'm not, you know, the top tier, but I I enjoy sports. But no, it is crazy to see the Cowboys kind of win because <laughs> I I honestly wasn't even a Cowboys fan like that until Dak Prescott came on the scene and really? I was like, okay, yeah. Because I mean, watching Tony Romo and Jerry Jones, I was like, <laughs> I don't really care about this. Like my mom's a big Cowboys fan, but that uh-huh. was like back in the day with. What are their names? The ones in the 90s? Like yeah, Smith. Troy yes. Aikman. Yeah, Troy Aikman, yeah. 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 She, like, loves Troy Aikman. When they last won. Right, yeah. yeah. So she she's always been, like, a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I just, like, kind of got into it where I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I see why people like the Cowboys. And then especially seeing Dak kind of win, because I'm rooting for him, because I think everyone is kind of mad at Dak and Zeke. They didn't think that they deserved their contracts or whatever. Um, right. And to me, it feels like, Jerry Jones is running a plantation. So I'm like, yeah, oh every player, like, I you actually know, couldn't agree money. more. <laughs> right. So I'm like, actually, like, screw Jerry Jones. Yeah. Like, get what you players, need. Yeah. The players are amazing. So if they, Aww. if they go to the Super Bowl, I'm like, let's go. Like, yeah. I'm not going to root against them. Um, no, nah, like- I definitely wasn't rooting <laughs> against them. I just, mm-hmm. when you grow, my family is like die hard Cowboys fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pull the TV outside and watch it type of <laughs> shit, right? So, like, to me, it's, like, my whole – and I, I grew up a diehard fan, right? And so it was, like, damn, after a while, I was, like, okay, my T-shirt says 95, 96. When are we, when are we going to do something else? And so it right. just wasn't happening. And so now I'm, like, oh, I can't even make fun anymore. Like, you know, I'm more so, like, I the, the plantation uh, metaphor or, or comparison, that's how I feel about the entire NFL. So, like, yeah. I think that's why I was just like, eh, I'm over the NFL. But also, it mm-hmm. is fun and exciting to see the Cowboys win and to, like, not be seeing uh, a lot of uh, Dallas, Latino, and, and Black men get violently excited <laughs> and angry so quickly, uh-huh. <laughs> um, like we have the past, like, two decades <laughs> uh, it's a roller coaster because you know it they is might, they'll go to the playoffs and then just make a stupid mistake and it's like oh all that like we thought they're going to the super bowl but it's yeah. like every year everyone thinks they're going to go to the super bowl oh I do think every year. but they are strong though i i really think that this is probably the strongest they've been um, in a long time yeah and they've only lost to tom brady and you know tom Which brady makes sense is, yeah <laughs> like i i root against tom brady every time he plays but you know, he's he's good at what he does. Right. So, you know, you can't really blame them. And then it was like a close game, too. So Cowboys, right. technically, they could be undefeated right now. Right. I was like, oh, let me shut up and just <laughs> eat my fajitas because that's the reason I show up to these cookouts. But anyways, I guess go Cowboys or whatever. I know I seem like a phony, but I've had a Cowboys card for 15 years, so I guess mm-hmm. I'm true. Um, and then finally, in my favorite Texas um, winning news, um, I must ask you, sir, did you have a potty sauce sandwich from so, the Italian at Popeye's? So I saw your Instagram story and I was like, that sounds amazing. I need to do it. Uh, and then I, I told Nistri and I was like, hey, can, can we go to Popeye's and get right. the, the hottie sauce sandwich? Um, but it hasn't worked out yet. I'm going to no. go tomorrow. Okay. I'm gonna I go was like, tomorrow. I know she would let you. My girl would yeah. definitely let you go get some. Uh... Right? So, I went no, to like the Love Popeyes. Pat found one in New Mexico. 
No, it's because there's like no Popeyes here. So I literally wow. <laughs> went to like one and it was wrapped around and I was just like, all right, I guess there is more hotties than I thought. <laughs> New Mexican hotties. Exactly. <laughs> well, the sandwich was very good. She did okay. not pay me to say this. I hate I hate that my brand is so strong. Shout out to my homie Gary that texted me and said, the commercial is out. Have you gotten your sandwich? <laughs> and then he was like, we need a mukbang review. And I was like, dang. Damn. For real. <laughs> and, so, and then somebody else said it. I was like, all right. I mean, I know Gucci did one with Meg and one of her other people. They did a mukbang. Video yes, her, her hairstylist. Mm-hmm. Uh Yes, they did a fun little YouTube video. So shout out to Coochie as well, our our day caloris friend. But I actually really liked it. I think it's genius to do the hottie sauce as like her whole marketing thing. I was hoping mm-hmm. I could buy the bottle itself, but I didn't see that. Um, but it was real cute, a cute little setup. I was like, I'll go, I'll eat this again. This little sweet and sour. I mean, not sweet and sour, sweet and spicy moment. You should yeah. email the team about the bottles. I think <laughs> I they've. Somebody's like hoarding the right. I need compensation. I've been a number one uh, Dallas, Texas hottie for a minute. Okay. Um, Well, that is all I have for the juice. Do you want to share with us anything else uh, that you are working on or where people can find and support your work? We obviously appreciate you um, being on the show with us, and I'm glad I could finally uh, listen. If you want to go to someone's Twitter account that talks the most (laughs) shit, it's definitely at Hollywood Ref. Okay. But I love it. Lie. I love this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Self promo time. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently I'm working on uh, wrapping up a music video for an artist that Aaron's collaborating with from Los oh, Angeles. Uh, she's nice. really she's really cool. Um, oh. I think when the video comes out, people are going to respond pretty well to it. Um, right. And as I mentioned before, finishing up a short film. Um, and then also for all the listeners out there, if you're a brand or you're an artist, music artist, I am available to direct your <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Hollywood Drift. Um, send me an email. I have my email, my bio and everything. Yes. Yeah, I'm always open to opportunities. So Book, book our favorite Twitter keys. <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad you stopped by um, and always excited for your work. So please know you can always stop by the Colores. And now we can take a little break. Hello, this is our commercial break, where I am here to encourage you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash decoloresco. You can also donate to us at decoloresradio.com slash donate. We've been doing all this amazing work for over four years. We deeply need your support and your help. You can get all the exciting BTS videos, all the cringy moments in between each segment, on our patreon so subscribe today thanks welcome back jesse is an artist writer and half of paradise she's the former associate editor at central track she currently lives in dallas texas and she spends her free time searching for the world's best fresh squeezed orange juice i feel like if you're anybody here in dallas you have absolutely heard of the one and only jesse supreme and we are so thrilled to be welcoming her to the colores radio so welcome to the show jesse supreme Hi, how are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. Um, of great. Aw, no. well, it's nice to see you. I feel like we've been in passing for the past, like, several years, and now we're finally getting a chance to have an actual conversation. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, have, I think 
I think the first time I ever met you was when you did the really big broadcast at Texas Theater with Shea Serrano. Oh, wow. That was really cool. Aw, thanks. I didn't even know. I honestly, when you're doing those, I'm sure you can say the same thing. Like you meet a million people and you're just doing a lot. And then you're like, wow, that was cool. And then it just passes and you just keep going. Yeah. Um, But I definitely have been hearing about you for years. I think even before that, I, um, I I feel like you are very humble in your bio (laughs) and there's a lot more to you. Like you've been doing so much for so long. And so I'm just really excited to finally kind of get to, to have a real conversation with you and get to know you from you. Um, and not just like this internet persona and, you know, cause I think that's something we all do pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's, I like to joke around. I like to have fun. For sure. um, you know, um, people are really dynamic. So there's mm-hmm. always more than meets the eye with absolutely. With so I'm excited to peel back some of those layers and, yes. and get to know get to know you and get you to know too. <laughs> well, you're my interviewee today, so I'm gonna be focusing on you. And I wanna start <laughs> with where are you from? Because if I'm not mistaken, it's not <laughs> Dallas proper, correct? Correct. Yeah. I um so I was born uh, Methodist mm-hmm. um, lived in Oak Cliff of like maybe three months out of my life. My dad right. lived here, uh-huh. and uh, my parents divorced, mm-hmm. so I moved down Loop Twelve, and I'm right. I grew up right on the border of West Dallas and South Irving. So okay, that's that's where I um, spent my formative years. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that is a topic of of discussion amongst people. But yeah, to clear it up, I don't shy away from that. I'm not afraid to right. admit that. So. But you know what? And I don't say it to be like messy, right? I say it no. because I'm like some of the most badass people I know doing shit in Dallas are not from Dallas proper. I just need y'all to know. Like, I know a lot of Grand Prairie folks. I know a lot of Arlington folks. I know, yeah. you know, uh, Irving folks. And so I'm like, listen, if we're, especially to me, I'm like, if we're Dallas County, let's be nice to each other because <laughs> we're all in this Dallas County struggle. Yeah. So I definitely, um, I, I definitely was curious. Cause I think what happens and, and I think it's kind of similar for how the Colores got founded is like our family, you know, when they first came from Mexico, they were all in Oak Cliff. All our tias were in Oak Cliff. Like, all my mm-hmm. sisters were born in Oak Cliff. And then I was the one that like, my mom was like, we got to get out of the hood. Let's go to Grand Prairie, which is obviously not that much better. But <laughs> it's just so interesting, right? Because then what happens is like, we get, I guess, called back to these homes, or these mm-hmm. areas that feel like home, and we start doing our work, you know, in the Oak Cliffs and, and, and other <clears throat> areas. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Oak Cliff is, I think is, is a, a jewel. And right. it's a, you know, it's a place that exists on its own and, and has its own identity. Um, I used to, you know, I would go visit Oak Cliff every year. Right. Um, you know, we we would travel by bus to Mexico wow. most of the time. So we'd be right on, on Jefferson, right. um, Omnibus, Turimex, uh-huh. all that. So, um, but yeah, no, a lot of my dad's friends are also from Oak Cliff. So I was around like Oak Cliff kids. And, mm-hmm. um, whenever I went to school, uh, this is, I didn't learn this until years later, but we had a lot of kids that were not from, from Irving proper that mm-hmm. went to our schools and they were a lot of athletes because oh, Irving wow. had a really good athletic program. Mm-hmm. How interesting. So went, yeah. So I've always been, I think, Oak Cliff adjacent <laughs> in, in mm-hmm. many ways. 
Um, and yeah, when I got older, I moved out to um, back to, to where I moved over to Bishop Arts. And uh, I worked at 303 for quite some time. Shout out. Listen, there is no place. If I can shout out one place before this break, it is 303. (laughs) I feel like I even probably saw you at 303 because I used to frequent 303 for a little minute because I was like, this food is good. It's cheap. You can get drinks. They had karaoke. It's a vibe. Mm -hmm. You can find um, the most Mm -hmm. new El Chewy slides. At uh, 303, you can do it all there. <laughs> you really can. Listen. And um, no, I, I loved it. I was, I was there for almost almost three years. So we probably oh, wow. ran into each other and <laughs> learned a lot of uh, lessons that they will never teach you in school. So I can, um, oh, I, this is where we talk outside of this podcast because I'm sure there are many lessons to learn from 303. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, okay. Okay. So I'm going to rewind just a bit. So you, you know, you were kind of mostly in Irving, but you obviously like most of us have connections to Oak Cliff and or Mm -hmm. Dallas um, in general. Um, And so how, when did you begin your craft? Because I know your doodles are something and I call them doodles because they have that doodle appearance, but it's art, right? Um, When did this start? Right. When did this like creative side of you begin? Mm. I I think it was always there. I was um, I was an only child, so mm-hmm. I think that explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> but my mom was going to art school when oh, I was wow. really young. Mm-hmm. She was studying Aww. fashion design, and Damn. there was always uh, art supplies everywhere. That's and beautiful. so I just yeah, I always doodled. And my mom told me she was like, "I knew you're an artist when you were two years old," and I would draw suns and spiders so just depending on the orientation of where the sun and or spider was if it was on the bottom of the page it was a spider and if it was on the top of the page it was a sun okay okay Um, I'm seeing it now that's so sweet yeah (laughs) I was like is this a spooky vibe but now I get it because they have the similar look that (laughs) is so funny yeah so I would say like my creative thing has has always been there it's always been a part of who I am um, and I think, you know, if I were to section my life, it really is about um, which, you know, creative endeavor I really wanted to hone in on at that time. Mm. So. And then, okay, so then uh, how did we become, my next question sounds dramatic, but how, I, and I don't even know if you're still going by this, right? This is your Twitter name. And I, yeah. I see it often branded in flyers, I think, because I came back from UNT and then that's when I got more involved in the like Dallas um, you know, scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this name, Jesse Supreme, like, how did we become Jesse Supreme? <laughs> um, Jesse Supreme was a, a user. Actually, I thought of the name back uh, in the MySpace days. I'd actually, it, the origin of the name was a riff on a cool kid song called nice. uh, Basement Party. Mm-hmm. And there was one <clears throat> lyric in there. I think it's Michael Rocks. And he says, uh, it takes a scoop of being cool. And he like, I don't know, he he lists all these ingredients of, right, to, of, of what he does. And so I took that uh, lyric stanza and I said, how to make a Jesse Supreme. And, <laughs> you know, I bit it and whatever. Uh-huh. And then um, when I was 15, I had launched 
jessiesupreme.com and that was oh where wow was- you were young <laughs> as hell I was very young yes. yeah I'm like that's very pretty young. huge to do as a teen yeah I well I had been building websites since I was in third grade I oh say. my you were a so. full-blown nerd from the jump oh yeah oh dude yeah uh-huh. <laughs> Dweeb yeah to the day i die 100%. i love it i love it not most not a lot of people can build websites okay i could do exanga i could do myspace but that's about it for me even squarespace yeah. stresses me the fuck out still yeah no dude but even then i mean now it's now it's more accessible now you can you can just you know just play right. with the template and whatever but right this was yeah back in the gap uh shout out yeah. neopets because that's what taught me how to code i don't know if y'all shut up not neopets they, those were yes! cute get, to, get a little get a little buddy with you they die then you're oh no neo no i'm thinking of no i'm thinking of, you're thinking of tamagotchis right yes okay i do remember neopets though because that also god this is like tapping into a deep uh place i haven't been in a while there was Neopets, and then there was, like, other ones, like Habo Hotel and, like, all these I was other- on Habo, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I'm I'm with you. Go ahead, Neopets. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, no, so, yeah, I was just – I've always been someone that uh, just grew up online a lot. Um, I never really had a TV in my room out of oh, choice. Wow. I preferred to have a computer. I always wanted a computer or a laptop and – um, I'm definitely a, a product of the online, but anyway, you know, when I was, a, <laughs> the online thanks Al Gore, thanks Al Gore, shout yeah. out, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, no, I, sorry, we're gonna have to edit this cause I'm like, no, going you're into like a little you're, loop. that we let, we live for it, go for it. Um, no, but yeah, when I was 15, I, I started justicesupreme.com and that's where I talked about Dallas music and Dallas culture. Wow. Um, by way of, you know, scouting on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. So um, I was, my audience at that time uh, was a lot of like high school kids, obviously. Funny. Um, and it was like a window into, into Dallas culture. And then that eventually led to, um, you know, things in the music scene, behind the scenes or shows and promotions and a lot of that. And then um, I had to get a real job when I was older. And so, right. um uh, I got, I joined the service industry and, um, pretty much saw the, the scope of that. And, and now we're here. And so. it's not far from what you were already doing. Cause once you're in the service industry, then you're just basically seeing the people you're talking about party yeah, and, or exactly. you're partying with them. So then it just kind of yeah. goes from there. Yeah. I think with, um, with the music scene and, and the website and all that stuff, it really taught me the art of networking and, um, you know, I think I was able to take that same concept into the service industry. And that also, you know, took off in its own way. And I was very blessed to have some really awesome opportunities with that. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's kind of kind of where it's at. So I, just, I, love I, know, it. I do a little bit of everything. You do. You absolutely do. And you do it well and you make it look easy and it's not. And I need people to understand that because this stuff and, and you and especially when you're a beautiful person, you make it even look easier. Right. Because you're like, oh, I got this right. But at the same time, it's like, no, this shit is so intense. And I don't think people really understand how much work and skill it takes to not only like throw an event, but also to get people to show up. Um, and yeah. then to have it look good, right? Like there's so many different moving parts. Um, mm-hmm. and to also just have the energy, right? Cause that's another part of any kind of event or anything. And mm-hmm. there's just so many 
bits and pieces, but you know, like stated in your bio, Paradise is your newest, I would say, big um, adventure. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I how has that a- been for you? It's, uh, I've been, you know, very fortunate. I think I would, I would say um, there were a lot of things that I think were leading up to that. Um, I had always for my birthday, I would do a zine release and Mm -hmm. I would like do a little illustrated zine. And the first person to ever introduce that idea and give me a space was actually Miriam Ortega at uh, formerly uh, Studio 410 right on Davis. Awesome. And uh, she's always, I've, you know, been a big supporter. And uh, ever since then, I've just kind of taken that uh, concept and, and redeveloped it. So when uh, COVID was happening, obviously the nightlife and everything was shut off. Um, right. You know, if you were a creative or you were in the service industry, your industry was, you know, the Good. first to go. Yeah. And so, um you know, I was keeping up a lot with the news because at that time I was fortunate um, Central Trek had brought me on as an associate editor mm-hmm. with um, my writing background and stuff like that. So I was keeping up with the news a lot. And um, with the development of the vaccine and everything, the nightlife, I could see on the horizon that the nightlife was more or less going to come back alive in right. um, in the spring, which is good news for me because my birthday, uh, that meant we would throw a big party. So I had applied a lot of what I had learned um, working in um, liquor sales, which uh, people might not know. I uh, was the <laughs> she said she did now. everything. Okay, so y'all better be ready for whatever hops out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's so funny because, like, my my boyfriend was telling me he's like, oh, "My parents don't really know what you do," <laughs> and I was like, "I was like." everything you were like just throw one of the titles at them (laughs) yeah so I don't know I just condense it I I feel like I'm an artist um that's that's absolutely absolutely um but uh no yeah paradise was um you know I I was also very fortunate to say that I was always and still continue to be and will always be a big supporter of the the Dallas culture and art scene Mm -hmm. and I think this was my, the first time, and you know, people had said this, that it was the first time that I had ever cashed and asked people to show out for me, mm-hmm. you know, for like my birthday um, celebration. Cause that's how Paradise started. I named my zine Paradise 25. Um, right. And um, it was a, a huge success and, you know, broke some records, uh, which I was very I happy mean- about because that always looks good on paper. Um, but yeah, right, that's, that's, it, it, yeah, it's happened. And, you know, Will or Sober and I are, we go back years, you know, when I, even when I was a kid um, and we just decided to partner up. Cause I think, you know, uh, he's someone, he's a creative individual. I deeply respect mm-hmm. in, in everything. Um, and uh, yeah, we just partnered up and we just, kept paradise going and yeah and it's worked out since then I I I think the first thing that comes to mind I should say is that is kind of a I don't know if you realize that like you said you know you were 15 when you made this website and I assume you turned 25 from the uh title of the of the zine and this party and and that to me is really full circle I would say of this like Mm -hmm. 10 year span of your career right of like really leaning Mm -hmm. into yourself and also the city um, for both your artistic endeavors and also just the, the, 
I guess the the passion of the city um because I know it's just been to me it's been such an ebb and flow but I like a constant party in Dallas like you see some come and go and like this one is definitely you know still going which is good because it's like yeah we didn't have that with these themes and with these concepts and so it's definitely been um exciting to see your adventure in that way and I think it only makes sense for everything you've already done and brought to the table. So I definitely am, am happy to hear it's going well. And, and I think it will continue to do so. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. That means a lot. I, it's so funny because I, you know, I spend a lot of time by myself. I'm very rare. I, I go out, but you know, mm-hmm. a little bit and I don't, I'm not in rooms where people talk about this stuff. So it's always like very refreshing to hear that. Right. No. And that's the thing. I'm like, nobody can deny what you're doing. Right. And I don't know if, uh, and I think to me, it's even more exciting when it's like this young Latina woman. Right. Because so often that's not who's running these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I definitely, um, I look forward to what comes next because you have so much already going for you that I assume it's only going to keep, um, you know, getting better. So it's just really uh, beautiful to see. And and now I'm wondering, what do you consider what has been the most fruitful part of your journey? Because you really, even with, and we haven't really tapped into your art, but your art itself has also, you know, um, made a, made a big impact and been on a lot of big collaborations as well. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, um, the biggest, well, that's a great question. I would say though, the, the biggest and most rewarding thing is um, the constant challenge um, mm. that each paradise or each project brings because it's not like I can look left and it's not like a, a regular job where I can look left and right and oh, okay, I know what I'm doing every single day to the expectations. It's like, well, right. you know, it really is yourself versus yourself. And they could, that can be very intense and very challenging and very scary. Um, sometimes, but it's also been very rewarding to, I think, see um, the results of stepping mm-hmm. out of your con- com- uh, comfort zone. Of course, um, constantly, and I've been very surprised by um, a lot of the uh, strength I've pulled out where I didn't even think I had in some places. So it's been very surprising. So uh, I've gotten to know myself a lot better, but also too, I think the the real rewarding thing and I know it's I know it sounds corny but (laughs) it it it's the joy of knowing that other people are experiencing joy absolutely as well yeah like you know it's I do I would say a lot of my style and a lot of the way I do things I like to kind of I want it to be fun I don't want Mm -hmm. it to to feel like a task or anything like that right um but I've been in it's been a blessing to be able to provide something I think that um, you know, the city needs, but also too, like something really special in Oak Cliff that, you mm-hmm. know, it's a, a place that has been very res- just kind to me and taught me a lot and mm. been very welcoming. So it feels good to be able to, to, to give back in some way. Absolutely. There's no place like Oak Cliff. <laughs> we're Dorothy. We're the Dorothys of Oak Cliff. Ah, I'm just kidding. Um, well, uh, we're like not even officially from there. We're going to get we're going to get in trouble. Um, no, but Oak Cliff is special in that way. Right. That it, it it's it's there for you. Like I we grew up going every weekend, if not multiple times a week, because all our family was there and like I think a few years ago, we even had a party at the damn Peter Piper's because we were like, let's go. Why not? Like, this is reminding us of our childhood. 
Um, so it's just like there is really no place like Oak Cliff. I have nothing but love and admiration for Oak Cliff. And I think I hope that I assume everyone that, you know, is attending these parties or just following your work knows that that it's the same energy for you as well. Um, because Oak Cliff really is such a special place, even though right now I think it is undergoing like a really weird I guess, I don't know if it's just the gentrification aspect. I feel like it's more than that, right. um, which is kind of scary to me, I think, because mm -hmm. it doesn't, it already doesn't look like what it looked like three years ago. Um, but it's also like, I don't know. I don't have a lot. I don't have too much to say because then I'm going to start getting like into like city politics, which pisses <laughs> me the fuck off. And it's just disheartening, honestly, because I'm like, this city yeah. has so much fucking potential. And like, mm -hmm. I feel like we just keep fucking it up. And I don't mean necessarily us, the people, although I do think more often than not, we're not supporting each other the way we should. I feel like we often see each other as competition. And that is disheartening. And then also the city at large, like city council and the mayor obviously do not give a rat's ass about actually doing stuff for the people. Oh yeah, no, I think the the big one of the big trends that I see and if any, you know, business owners or anyone are are listening um that are eyeballing Oak Cliff as this, you know, quote hidden gem as it's been mm -hmm. described right. in a real estate world. Um I think people make the mistake of of like establishing something but not getting to know the people or getting to know the neighborhood and being right. completely out of touch. Right. And there's a special way to do that because the way that Oak Cliff is set up is that you have generations of families that have been mm -hmm. here for right. quite some time. Right. And there is no loyalty like Latino loyalty. I right. say that. Right. And um, people are willing to support and, you know, show out. But if you're not connecting with people in a genuine way or are respectful of the history or are respectful of the space, then you know you're gonna be like well why why is my business failing or why did right. why am I getting written about like this and I don't know you know it, you have to connect with people and you have to right. understand you know what you're what what you're dealing with and a lot mm -hmm. of people you can make a cool building you can make a cool business but at the end of the day if you're not connecting with the people that are going to be supporting it then it's, it's gonna flop it's yeah it is which is which is what we've seen a few times already or, or, or literally I went the other day and I was like yo I didn't even know any of this shit was here and it was just like I felt like I was washed because I was like damn am I an old head now or even when I went to Bellum <laughs> the other day I was like oh, yeah. what is happening here like even the vibe there was so different from like pre-quarantine and so I was just like I don't know, maybe let me just stick to my little, you know, <laughs> my little zones or whatever. But I was like, yeah, nah, the energy is definitely different to me out here. Oh, yeah. Like just going on Deep Elm reminds me of Sixth Street in Austin. And I think yes. that's the vibe they're going for, which absolutely you know by all means, go, go for it. Like, right. I, no disrespect. You know, I think um, I've had a lot of fun and, and a lot of great times and moments in Deep Elm, but same. I think um I think I'm past that point same now. I think I I think to me I want stuff that feels like innovative and exciting and if that's mm -hmm. not happening I just feel like what's the point point? and I know that sounds so mm -hmm. shady but I'm like I'm not trying to just go like listen to the same shit at the same place every time right. I don't know so I'm just like I I want something 
that keeps pushing us and then putting us on the map, right? And and something mm-hmm. I do think, and I, I will pivot us a little bit, um, and I know, and I wish we had more time because we're going to have to wrap here really shortly, um, but I know you're a big, I don't even know if you call yourself a hip-hop head, but there are, uh, I joke that I'm kind of that, but I'm not like an old hip hop head because that's a different breed. But uh, yeah, that's, that's I respect <laughs> I respect the old school, but um, for sure, I'm definitely hip hop centric. I will say that. I would say more like rap and soul is right. Well, so what do you think? How do you feel about like the new wave of like Southern rappers? Because I know you listen to a lot of old school stuff, which is um, one of my favorite parts of a lot of like, I don't know if it's just like Texan, Texan people. We're just like, we love our classic Southern shit and we're going to rep it forever. And also there's the ones that like don't don't care for it too much, but they also are just like so focused on the new wave that they're they Mm -hmm. haven't gotten to the part where they respect the OGs yet. Yeah, um, I really well, to your point, you're 100 percent on the money because I love like that bracket of Texas rap from like 2000, the Swish House. And like um, mm-hmm. to like two thousand nine zero, like I really like that. Right. Stuff. That's what I grew up on. Right. Um, uh-huh. But the new, I think the new stuff is really exciting. I'm a big, you know, big Megan Thee Stallion fan, obviously. Of course. Um, I think Maxo Cream is finally getting his, his uh, shine. Dues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. So, 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 yeah. so, but I'm I'm always excited for the new wave. I I never want to be a you know, a person that complained, oh, the best stuff was, I know, you know, 10 years ago. But I mean, like the reality is there's going to be good and bad music anytime, any point, any generation. Yeah. So I'm excited because I, I, I'm always stoked to see how the culture was, is going to move forward. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite, like up and coming Texas uh, based rappers that you're fans of? Look, yeah, I'm like, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, so uh, no, <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think there's a lot of really awesome talent, you know, here in, in Dallas. Yeah, too, people say. people don't realize we have a lot of brilliant music talent here in Dallas. We do, yeah, we really, really do. And I think, um, you know, now that like Travis Scott and Megan Thee Stallion, for example, I think are the the millennial superstars slash Gen Z um, superstars course. right now. And they're from Texas. Uh, I think that we're, you know, with people moving here and our state just, you know, growing, I think that we're uh, headed into like a really exciting, um, you know, new generation here. I agree. I, I'm like a little bit nervous, but I'm excited and I want so I'm really into like the Tizo touchdowns, Zach Foxes, like the kind oh, of like yes. weirdo motherfuckers. Like I am yes. into that. So <laughs> I'm like anybody from the South that is just trying something different. I, I really want people to be experimental. Like do not be afraid to just tap into whatever the fuck your creative expression is yeah. telling you to do. Like have yeah. fun with it. We don't have to do the same, sh- like the same formula. Like that is what made you know, your three, six stand out from your UGK, Mm -hmm. from your so-and-so, you know, like that's why they all have their like niche sounds is because they tapped into what worked for them. Um, And so I want artists, artists of all mediums, right? Not just music, but to, to, to remember that. Totally. I think the most important thing, and I think what makes a great artist is uh, style, because that's the one thing that separates you 
from everyone. You know, like I remember an old teacher of mine told me, uh, my old English teacher, uh, shout out Chris Very. Uh, <laughs> he told me, he's like, you're not writing anything new. If you're writing mm. about love, you're writing about war, you're writing, you're, it's nothing new. It's right. how do you tell the story in your own way? Right. And it's your style and it's your voice. And so I think in order to, to find your style and your voice, you have to be honest with yourself. And you have to really, you know, understand yourself as a person um, and be, you know, unafraid to showcase that and showcase Absolutely. that to others. And, and I think that's, you know, that's that. No, <laughs> I know, agree. Like, style's important. Style's really Absolutely. Really important. I think because other people take that. I think style is one of those words that like can be misconstrued perhaps, but it's basically just your individual like way of being right like just what yeah. makes you unique essentially um but anyway so I am going to ask you a couple more questions and then we do have to wrap um our interview but hopefully we can see each other soon in real life and and yeah. be able to talk more um but I am grateful that you opened up to us because I do think that like I feel like everybody knows you you've done these amazing collaborations with artists and um you know with 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 streetwear companies and with these big things popping here in Dallas and to me I am grateful that like people trust you know coming to the colores and even sharing like who they, who they are where they're from um so I do want to ask you we know you do it all so what is what is your biggest dream Jesse oh my god <laughs> Because to me, um, I think that is so beautiful and telling of, of who a person is and where they're going and also speaking it into existence. Um, my biggest dream is to, oh my God, no one's ever asked me this. This is Aww. crazy. Well, uh, this is... I would be honored to hear it. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think um, my biggest dream is to just have fun. Stop. I'm dead. <laughs> Not Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Oh, no, man. I mean, I think my biggest dream, like a, like a personal dream, like for me, I think uh, uh, my biggest dream is to, um, um, I don't know, just have a, lived a fulfilling life, mm. you know, like not to sound a type of way, but right. I've been very blessed um, <clears throat> that I've had the ability to see something and then be able to achieve that. And mm. I have a lot of little mini dreams that of I've, uh, I've been fortunate to have come true. So I think like the biggest one, I think, is to yeah, have lived a really fulfilling life. Well, hopefully, I think you're on your way. Hopefully you feel that as well. And uh, as, of course, even saying you have fun, like you throw parties and you help throw parties and you help design for parties and you help, you know, so it is definitely very much your brand to say, you know, you just want to have fun. And also it's like. There, to me, it wasn't until quarantine that I realized how, I know this sounds a little crazy, but like how healing going out and like dancing was for me. Like it was an outlet of joy. And that is what I don't know if people realize. Like it's not just trying to go out and get ass or whatever, right? Which is fine too. That's fine too. But like, it can be really beautiful to like get yourself ready, meet up with mm -hmm. people you care about, go have mm -hmm. this fun night of like, uh, you know, whining and dining and then dancing. Like to me, I'm like, it's really beautiful experience. It's quite unfortunate that like, I know for me, I'm like, I would have loved to go to more to paradises, but I was too scared because <laughs> of COVID, right? So it's just like, damn COVID, damn COVID has done this to a lot of us. So I, I do think there's still beauty. I, I think there's so much beauty in people that bring people together. Um, so mm -hmm. I do, I wish that for you. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain you're on your way. 
Thank you. Well, you know, you're you're on the guest list if you want to skip Aww, stop, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, well, what can we expect to see from you next? And then where can we find and support your work? Um <laughs> goodness I you know it's I don't I don't even know what's next oh, I don't know that's see and you know what I don't remember what your sign is but I'm like you said you like a challenge so that makes all the sense for you I do like a good challenge it's fun to it's fun to you know I think um visualize something and then break it make down it into happen. little steps and, and make it happen Absolutely. um but yeah I don't I can't say I can I have a good answer for that because I don't even know myself. So we'll see. Well, stay tuned. (laughs) Jessie's always up to something. And if not, she's always making her beautiful art for everyone around the city and beyond. Um, And then where can we support your work? Because we definitely want to find it on the interwebs. Well, it's Jessie Supreme on all handles. J-E-S-S-I Supreme, not E, not I-E, not Y, <laughs> J-S-S-I. You better clarify. Um, but Jessie Supreme on all handles. Uh, even Cash App and Venmo. So if Period. you're feeling real nice, if Hello. you're real supportive, you know. We won't stop you. We encourage we real support. You. Real support comes in dollar signs nowadays. Look, I can't pay my rent in compliments. I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> I wish we could. It would be, a, I might live somewhere different. Oh, definitely. Oh definitely. You are, All right, um, Jesse. I think you're, I know we're wrapping up, but I do want to say, Eva, I, I admire your work. I think you're Thank a wonderful you. person. I love, you know, that you speak your mind. You're brave enough mm. to do this because I know this takes a lot. And, you know, you're, you're a, a very courageous person, I think, and, and, and beautiful and, and very intelligent. Uh-huh. So it's an honor to, to have spent some time with you. And you're so making my eyes water. Well. I was not trying to cry today, Miss <laughs> Jessie. No, I appreciate it. I return all the love back to you. I honestly, I think that's to me where I'm like, damn, I, I you know, there's so much changes happening. And I only wish I could have connected with some people sooner. And, you know, and also like, you know, evolved from some people sooner as well. Cause I think we're all in these like very growing ass stages. And so it's important for all the, all the change makers, all the culture shifters, all the girls who just want to have fun to like link up (laughs) and support each other and like keep it going because um, that's also how we like support and protect one another and ourselves at the same time. Cause we can, we can all win, right? Like it's not, no shade, no beef. Like it doesn't have to be any messy ass shit. It can literally be like, let's all go kill this shit because the city is ours. Exactly. It's for everyone. There's beautiful. It, it, it's all for everyone. We're all in this. Not that. <laughs> Not the high school. We had to. We had to have a little high school musical moment. All right. Well, thank you, lovely Jesse, for being on the show with us. Thank you for sharing a bit of your heart and your art and your talent with us and your your charm. Everybody loves the Jesse charm. So we wish you all the best. And and <laughs> please know that we're we're friends and fans here of you at the Colores Radio. So thank you for joining us today. Likewise, thank you, the Colores, and may you guys, yeah. you know. Have an incredible comeback too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. We're ready for this break, but we're going to come back even stronger. Love you. Bye. Love you guys. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Uh, That was so sweet. I really almost cried, y'all. I don't know if y'all know how rough this year has been for us, but it was hard to come back from um, our hiatus. We really, the hiatus was not uh, a choice. It was very much 
a response to quarantine and then of course to all like the save oc3 stuff and just a lot of personal you know issues with um i think everybody i feel like everybody's traumatized still (laughs) from quarantine and we're just like pretending really well um so it just means a lot to hear that from someone who is doing a lot of really dope work here in the city um and i i do think that this is a little break it's going to be like a month long and then we probably have like two more episodes before the year is up um but you know i i definitely always want to encourage people to like take a step back and breathe for yourself because my gosh it is a lot um and everything we do and consume has an effect on us um in this modern day and age and so that means it's time for some grounding. We can take a breath. I kind of already got into it a little bit, but it's time for whew, self-care quarter. Oh my God. We need to get that pre-recorded so I don't have to do that for every time. Um, I know some people like it though, but um, yeah, I think what I'm saying is like, take that break. Um, something else I also have been trying to work on personally, and I might have mentioned it before, but I probably need to do it more is to connect to my inner child a little more. I know it sounds corny and cheesy. And like a lot of these, like healing um, recommendations kind of become like, I guess, co opted, but I'm like, if this means that motherfuckers are out here healing, like I support it because we need it. Um, so I definitely know a lot of people have been like treating themselves to things they didn't have as a kid or toys or food or like music you liked as a kid. It's beautiful to reconnect um, and to bring yourself joy. So if anything you've learned from our interview is to definitely not be afraid to tap into um, what brings you joy. Um, I think a lot of our inner children, children uh, can be um, fulfilled if we if we look into that. Um, so that is my self-care corner advice for the week. And now I'm going to throw it to the Pat the Gat for our brown and black business of the week. What you got for us, Pat? So I'm actually not doing it this week. We're going to bring up Jeremy because he posted some conchas today that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm about to pull up to Dallas to try these. Um, so I'm going to bring up Jeremy to recommend the business. It's actually... Um, I feel like I've heard of this, this bakery before, but I'll let Jeremy share where he went, what he tried, what they had. Um, so yeah, I'm going to bring him up. Hey, Jeremy. So they're called Del Norte Bakery. There's Mm -hmm. one in Oak Cliff, Pleasant Grove and Trinity Groves. All the best locations. I went to the one in Pleasant Grove and Mm -hmm. they had conchas that were Halloween themed. And they they literally like on their Instagram they were doing a giveaway, and it's called Ban Oween giveaway. That's so, so cute! <laughs> right? Wow, we love a good marketing technique, honey. So one concha had like eyeballs on it with like the eyeball was chocolate, and then mm-hmm. the other one was like a mummy, and then a pumpkin, and then I think one with a bat or it's a spider, I think. But it, yeah, it was, like, they were really cute. Literally, like next level, and like so good. So. I have to give my, uh, like pretty much my backing for that. There's a, so uh, there's only those three that are doing it: the Oak Cliff, Pleasant Grove, and Trinity Groves. Okay, cool. So. Well, I guess if anybody wants any spooky season themed conchas or just wants some fresh, delicious bun, we have Jeremy here 
giving the certified it's delicious go support them 100 um, so good. and i think you can find them on instagram at del norte bakery so that's mm-hmm. d-e-l-n-o-r-t-e bakery um so you can find them get maybe win yourself some conchas get lucky we'll see so yeah thanks jeremy for sharing we love a uh producer introverted producer popping out onto the screen moment <laughs> no yeah. i actually have heard of that panaderia and you posted it and i was like wow y'all sold the shit out of that because it like, looks super cute and then yeah. you said it was good and i was like all right like i can't even eat bread that much anymore because my body's just like refuses but i was like i would be willing just for those because those conchas looked extra fluffy no um, they were yeah. they definitely um they definitely look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am clearly running out of steam. So I think that means it's time for our final segment. I believe one of our guests might still be around so they can share with us. Um, this is our final segment. Who you got? Yes. With so, um, Pat, do you want to start for us? And then maybe our good yeah, old friend Hollywood Roof can uh, join. If he if wants to share something, he's happy to welcome to come back um so i for our patreon subscribers they did get my spooky season club darks 2.1 playlist that i make every year sent them a little bit of it um and one of my favorite songs on there is actually from dochi which a lot of people know if you've heard her song on um which i think was called uh what's it called like the yucky yucky plucky fruitcake which is based on a Junie b jones like book title but um, so that book song went viral on TikTok and our friend Cabrona from CYC podcast actually was like, yo, I think you would really be into this rapper. She's dope as hell. Like, check her out. Um, and she was on an Isaiah Rashad song. But the song that's my particular favorite right now in spooky season is Spooky Coochie. She makes a lot of references to a bunch of horror films. So I think it's really great. Um, and she is just a really great rapper. I believe she's from Florida. Um, I know she. you sent me the video that she performed at the BET Awards with Isaiah Yeah, she's Rashad. on Isaiah Rashad's What You Said. Um, that's on the new album. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah, no, really she's, fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, everybody check her out. I think she's up and coming with like in terms of things just helping her blow up because she released an album last year. And I think only with this like feature and like additional stuff, she's on the come up. So that's my who you got. I don't know who you have. Who do you have? Um. Is Roger coming up? I'm going to throw Roger back in this. Come on, Roger. I mean, oh, no. <laughs> you like? I swear. I, I meant to say Hollywood Roof. That's not his real name. My oh, uh, no, you're good. You can call me Roger on here. Okay, not, thank God. Not my full name, but no one knows my, like, entire name, I don't think. Only well, like, I'll find out there. one day, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's very corny. No, I'm kidding. It's actually, it's um, actually uh, Colin Powell. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. So, who you who, got, Roger? Who I got? Yeah. So, does that have to be music artists? No, it, it can, can be, be music, movies, movie, books, TV, podcasts, or... anything you're into right now. Okay. Um, I saw this really crazy movie. It's called Titan. Uh, let me let me look up the name because it's like a French name. I'm gonna try my best pronunciation. I actually. feel like you're really good with different languages, so uh, you're probably gonna hit this hoe. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> check it out. The director, her name is Julia uh, Ducournau. Period. Um, she made Raw. It was a movie that came out, oh, I think, in I 2014. Like Raw. Okay, yeah, Raw, I was like, 
it was a cool movie, but I wasn't sold like, oh, I have to see what she's going to do next. But I ended up seeing Titan um, at what theater was it? One of the I, fancy art Oh, yeah. Ones. I'm pretty sure it was the Texas theater where I saw Titan. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, I think they would play that. Yeah. I feel like they would have played Raw, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like the craziest movie I think I've ever seen. And I feel like I've seen some way? very crazy movies. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Okay. Um, but it's almost indescribable. In a way, mm-hmm. like if I tried to explain the plot to you, it it's like hard to do. And also I feel like it'd be an injustice to the movie because I think going in blindly is the best thing to do with it. And that's kind of what I did with the movie. I saw a trailer and then I just went and saw it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like what's going on? Okay, uh, no, like, really crazy. Yeah, you made me want to watch it. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to watch it. I think it's at like the Angelica or something, of course. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I wonder if it's like, in all theaters now or is it just like kind of the art house stuff like angelica yeah it's and- not in the main theaters i've been okay. looking because a mm-hmm. lot of what's in theaters right now is like marvel and i'm like okay yeah. that's- <laughs> and like Halloween yeah, I, I was too. just telling yeah i was like i just told Eva about lamb but that one surprisingly was playing at cinemark um oh so you yeah. saw lamb and it's good i really liked it Okay. I, I, but she I has not like, stopped talking about it. I kind of went in like you, where I just watched the trailer and and like I was just like, okay. And it was not even like the full trailer; it was just that teaser one that A twenty four released like earlier this year. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm gonna yeah. watch this because I heard that one and Pig is really good, but I haven't okay. seen that one yet. Um, so I was just like, I'm gonna go in and just like see what happens. And all my friends were kind of like, why did you bring us to this? Like they thought it was gonna be a scary movie, and I was like, no, nah, based on the context and like A twenty four. It's mm-hmm. just going to be weird. It's just going to be a weird vibe. Um, but I really like the, the like, the filming of it, the way it was, like, it's shot in Iceland. So Iceland's actually submitting mm. it for an Oscar uh, okay. for international submission. But I thought it was really good and solid. And mm-hmm. I even, I was telling Eva that I liked that it almost felt like the animals, like there's actual animals in the film and they felt like they had their own roles without even speaking because there's not <laughs> a lot of talking in the movie. It's uh-huh. just like, the narrative's just kind of telling itself based on the cinematography and the story. Okay. Kind of no, I definitely. So, yeah, I highly it. recommend it. So okay. you should check it out. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, you. Eva, who do you have? Art film. Art film too. No, just kidding. <laughs> Not today, girl. I've been. Uh, I you know I do love art films. I think because I you know I'm pretty open about my mental health. I've been feeling like a lot more sensitive lately. So I'm just like, let me not do anything that's gonna make me <laughs> like mm-hmm. think too much or you know this. Yeah, I do. I will get around to these though because Pat <laughs> is very into lamb. So I want you know the last lamb stuff I saw was lamb chops, and that was a long time ago. Um, but I was actually gonna recommend. I have been listening to the Loud podcast. Um, which is uh, by Spotify, and shout out to one of our past guests, um, Reggaeton Con La Gata. Um, She helped produce this show, and it Mm -hmm. gives you the full history of reggaeton um, in podcast format hosted by Evie Queen, which I think is super dope. Um, So I really love it because it is very honest about Mm -hmm. like the Afrocentric roots that reggaeton began with um, and isn't centering what the image of reggaeton is now, which is a bunch of white Latinos acting like they are. And (laughs) non-Latinos appropriating black culture. That's another another story. But yes, um, Spanish people acting like they're from the hood. And so I just, it's that, this is very timely and necessary. I think in a time when like, 
Latinos specifically cannot get their identities together and we like pretend that racism mm-hmm. doesn't exist when it very much adamantly does exist, um, especially in Latin America, right? Um, so I really enjoyed that show and it's about 10 episodes. It's pretty, pretty smooth. Um, and then I also wanted to um, announce or recommend that we have a new series on our YouTube, which is called Southside What's Up? And we interviewed um, the, I, I call him the official lover boy, which is AWOL, um, and talk about his journey with the viral song Lover Boy. So our show is on our YouTube page, um, which is obviously the Colores Collective. And so I recommend that from our end as well, because we are going on this little break, but that gives you time to catch up with all the Decolores content. And obviously I'm plugging myself in this moment, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think we've done a lot of amazing work and we've talked to a lot of brilliant people. So I want to make sure y'all are watching Most us definitely. from all sides. Yes. Beautiful. All right, Jeremy, did you have something you wanted to say? I see you on camera. <laughs> no? Okay, we're going to wrap it up then. All right. Well, thank you to both Hollywood Roof and Jesse, the Jesse Supreme. I feel like I have to say it like that because yes. that's her. These are both of their Twitter handles. They're also just funny, cool ass people. So, like, if mm-hmm. you didn't already fall in love with them in this episode, um, definitely just check them out on the interwebs. They're a good time. Support their work. I want to give a big, huge shout out to both Pat and Jeremy um, for being such incredible producers in what has been literally some of the most tumultuous time of my life personally. And I know maybe yours. Damn it. I didn't want to get emotional again, but it has been a really hard year. Um, And the fact that we even came back from quarantine and have done it all with like community support really means everything um, because I do believe deeply in this platform and I believe in our vision Um, and I hope that you all will truly take time to subscribe to our Patreon because you can do it for three dollars we've been running this shit for six years and we have put on a lot of well it's going on six years by the by next year it's the sixth year so give me my extra year honey we've been working hard (laughs) um but it really it has been a journey and um we love to do it and we love to support people and we love to hear from people um and so there are obviously more changes coming especially when we come back from break um you'll see a lot of changes check out our website but that wraps it up for us here at decolores radio thank you so much for joining us today major thanks to everyone who jumped in with us today um both hollywood roof and jesse for their um own brilliance and for being with us here at decolores be sure and always support your local artists and special thank you to all our squirrel friends homies and rider dies on patreon you too can become a financial supporter of the colores radio family today and get early access to exclusive content we truly cannot go on without your support subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us darn review go subscribe to us on youtube we need the subscribers so we can claim our title and a lot more exciting stuff is coming from both me personally and from the colores at large um, and maybe even more people outside Uh, we'd love to keep growing so if something resonated with you in this episode please share it with everyone you know do not be afraid to reach out and follow us at the colores co if you enjoy our personal thoughts you can follow me at eva arreguin and pat at pat dot 
care again. I almost got carried away. Our theme song, <laughs> I'm tired. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jeremy Piscina. You can hire and support his work as well. He's a brilliant creative um, and deserves all the shine. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you on about a month and a half or so. Support yes. us on Patreon or visit us at thecoloresradio.com. Keep supporting the your Radio. black and brown Latinas that are doing shit and killing shit and your non-binary folks and your trans folks and everybody yes. who needs the love and deserves the love. And it's are only going up from here. Making the culture shift. So thank you so much again for being with us and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Radio.